This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We tend to something that has become a highly contentious matter calls to make public the National Register for Sex Offenders. My guests are going to be Ndombi Majila, National Registrar, uh, Sexual Offenses Register, Department of Justice and Constitutional Development, and Dr. Renee Pretoria, Spokesperson Action Society. And uh, the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development has warned against calls to make public the National Register for Sex Offenders. It is believed that making the register public would curb sexual offenses against children. But according to the department, this would fuel mob justice against perpetrators. So we turn our attention just to hear from our guests exactly why this matter is so contentious. Uh, Dr. Pretorius, good morning. Welcome to Power Talk. Good morning, Lukona. Don't be good morning and welcome to Power Talk. Good morning, Lukona, and thank you for having me. Thank you for making the time. Perhaps, Dr. Pretorius, let me start off with you and understand exactly what is behind the campaign hashtag Unmask the Monsters and uh, why you think it is going to assist if that list of sex, uh, uh, sex offenders is publicized. Thank you so much uh, for the question, Lukona. Well, we as Action Society, we really strive to be a voice for the voiceless in our very broken society. And so the vulnerable people, the children and the women in our society, we really want to stand up for them. And so we have uh, we've launched this hashtag Unmask the Monsters campaign, and we have various things that we're doing under this campaign. But one of the things that we're focusing on is addressing this uh, National Register for Sex Offenders. Mm. Um, you know, this register is was um, established in 2007, implemented in 2009 to to protect children and vulnerable people against um, sexual offenders. And at the moment, um, only people of um, only people um, who are employers, the state, people you know who want to adopt and things like that, so they can they can um, apply to get access to this register. And we just feel like um, it's very important for us. You know, let's say for instance, I am a mother and I have three small children, three small girls, and I maybe want to enter into a relationship. It has to be possible for me to know that this man that I'm yes. entering in, in a relationship with. I have to do my due diligence and say, you know what? Let me just make sure that my children will be safe around him. And there must be a way for me to determine that. And at the moment, from our understanding and from everything that we've seen on the website for the, for the NRSO, this is not possible yet. The public cannot have access to this. And so we are not calling, you know, to have people's names on billboards and yeah. photographs on lampposts. That's not what we're saying at all. We're just saying there must be a process and a means for me as a public, as a normal person in society to be able to if there's somebody who i'm concerned about there must be a way for me to re- to to be part of a process to find out if this person is safe or not to be around my children okay let me bring in dombi to this conversation dombi you are the national registrar so first of all let's let's probably start uh, somewhere and ask which names make it into uh, the sex offenders registry and uh, it's, what, what crimes, what acts must they have been convicted of? Probably let's start there. 
Okay, thanks, Lukona. The, the, the people that get entered into the National Register for Sex Offenders are those who are convicted of committing any sexual offense against a child and any person with mental disability. And at the current moment, like uh, what the speaker has said, it is indeed not a public register. Yeah. It is held in a confidential manner. However, what we mean, it's not like a public register, as, as I've alluded, but it is accessible by way of application in a prescribed manner. For example, mm. we've got five categories of persons yes. that can qualify to apply. Yes. So, it, in fact, this five categories of persons, we have placed them deliberately to avoid people who, you know, acquire someone's information, you know, with vexatious intentions or malicious intentions thereof. So those five categories Yes, of can you give people, us some of those, uh, yeah, the, the breakdown employers, of those categories? Yeah, it's employers who are applying on behalf of employees. It is employees in their own person. Is licensing authorities, those institutions that are issuing licenses to those institutions that, you know, like crutches, those who take care of children mm-hmm. or people with mental disabilities. You have relevant authorities, those are government departments, the courts and stuff like that. And you have a person who will then is existing in the register who then want to ascertain whether or not their name has been included in the register. And if so, that would be a person who whose name would have ordinarily been in the register yes. in the in the yes. register. Yes. Is, yes. is yes. there is there ever an, a, a chance where people get removed from the register? I know that the there are processes for expungement yes. of records, for example. Yes. When that process yes. has been done, does the person get struck off the register? No, the way in which it works, uh, the expungement is a separate process. Yes, which yes. actually speaks to expunge someone's record from the criminal record center yes. database. But we've got a process which is called a removal of details from the register. The people that qualify to have their names removed from the register are the ones that are convicted to not more than 18 months. So it will be 18 months, between 18 months and 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 12 months mm. wherein this person will stay in the register for 10 for, for 10 years after the expiration of 10 years then you can apply to have your name removed then you have another one who has been sentenced to a period not more than 12 months between 12 and 6 months mm. that person will then qualify to have their names removed after 7 years has lapsed and then you have the one with the lesser sentence, which is below six months. That particular person stays in the register for five years, upon which then they will qualify to have their details removed from the register. And then removing those details from the register then serves as a precursor for somebody to then apply for an expansion. Ah, of a I see. So, so, yeah, that's what yeah. I wanted to check. What would come first um, yes. in, in so far the as the process first, Yes, it's a removal first because in terms of Section 271B of the Criminal Procedure Act, if you have been convicted of a sex offence against a child or person with mental disability, you have to remove your details first before you can approach the department to have your record 
you know, expunged according to... Tommy, before I go back to Dr. Pretorius, uh, after a short break, I just want to ask you a quick question. Currently, Mm. we don't have a register for people convicted of sexual offences against adults. Not yet. This is the amendment that we are currently working on because this we have noticed that it's a big lacuna Mm. on the basis that if you have somebody who has been convicted of, you know... uh, uh, committing a sexual offense against an adult person and you have that person go to practice as an educator as a yeah. doctor wherein they have access to children it doesn't make sense the reason why that was so is because in the initial stages when the register was implemented what government sought to do it was looking basically into a whole point wherein we had children in numbers in droves having been, you know, abused. And there was this myth that if you are HIV positive and you have sex with an infant, that you get cured. So the high prevalence of sexual offenses against children and people who are mentally disabled at the time was so high that government sought to mitigate that particular circumstances. Being oblivious of the fact that, you know what, a a sex offender against any other person is actually a threat to everybody that is that comes into encounter, you know, with 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 with, with either children or people who are mentally disabled. So oh. we currently are addressing that particular gap. We are closing it in including now all sex offenders that are convicted as such. Okay. okay. Let, let's let's go to a quick ad break. The line is zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. If you want to engage my guests as we deal with the calls uh, to actually make that sex offenders registry public. Tweet Lukona at Lukona Mguni and hashtag Power Talk. And do dial in on zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. Doctor Pretorius, let me come back to you. I'm I, I listen to the categories that were being listed and employers, and uh, you know, don't be talking about uh, you know people still going on to work as educators and so forth. And I'm thinking about those communities who may not have the necessary resources or even knowledge that such a registry exists and they can approach uh, the department to look for this one and i suppose uh, an organization such as action society could fill the gap insofar as the screening processes when interviews are being done in communities uh, that don't have as greater access uh, to this information as possible is this part and parcel of the reasons why you may be calling for the publicization of the registry because you wouldn't be able to qualify dealing with the department directly? Yes, that's a very important question that you're asking. And um, at the moment, this is just the start of our campaign and who knows where it might end up. But we just thought that it would be a very good idea. And we're really proposing for public-private partnerships so that it's not only government working on this together, but you have a private sector who has a lot of resources and, uh, and so forth to deal with this. To, to, to assist in a database such as this. I think uh, we, we are really of the opinion that it could actually be very, very beneficial to have um, private-public partnerships. It's, a, it's been proven to, to really be something that, um, that can work very, very well. And um, it is important, as you say, that communities in the rural areas especially, they will, they will really have to be informed of, the, of, the, of this kind of register existing and 
and so forth. And they will have to be helped in the future. So at this moment, um, our strategy for the next five or 10 years ahead is not clear. But what we are looking for at definitely is promoting public partner, public-private partnerships at least. Because uh, last year in September, we received feedback from the reg- registrar that um, there was a period of, of a few years in which this um, vetting process was not fully implemented. So it appears to us, from our understanding, that there was a period during which this register wasn't fully implemented and functional, which would mean that, from our understanding, there was a period during which teachers would have been appointed at schools without being vetted properly, from our understanding. And also, we're not too sure if people applying for adoption in that period uh, were screened properly. And so we are suggesting private-public partnerships to, to really um, address these kind of issues and to make sure that the list is updated, to make sure that the list is managed properly and, and to assist government and take hands with government to see how we can really solve these issues and curb this terrible sex, these uh, terrible sexual offences against children and protect the most vulnerable in our society. I'll ask both of you to please hold the line. Budana joins us at Rosebank. Good morning. Welcome to Power Talk. Good morning, Lukoda. This register must be made public. Just a question. Mm. They protect those uh, uh, sex offenders against whom? Mm. Why are they making it confidential? Why are they making it difficult to anybody to, 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 to get access on, on that thing? And, you know, in, in public service, in, in, in financial services, when we are committing crime, uh, they've got a register there. You don't have to apply. You just check that person there, and then the information will, will will pop out. Why can't they do the same thing with this 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 rapist? Okay, Budana, I'll put that to my guess. I mean, Dombi, the department ha- appears to be quite opposed to the publication of this registry. And Budana is saying, who are you protecting? And I, I'm going to twin this with a point that uh, uh, Renee made earlier, you sort of suggesting, what if I'm, I want to enter into a relationship? And I just want to check if this person doesn't have a record of abusing children because I've got children in the household. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understandably so. I do understand the concerns of, you know, people who are actually saying that it must be made public. But we also have to look into the reasons behind people wanting it to be made public. Like I said before, you have those vexatious applicants and frivolous applicants who actually want to go and see if Ndombi is there yes. for the sake of it. And remember, every other piece of legislation that is actually promulgated has to pass the constitutional master. Mm. And we have in place a Bill of Rights that yes. actually protects someone's right to privacy, someone's right to dignity, Someone's right, you know, like we have all those pieces of legislation, like the promotion of uh, Personal Information Act, wherein if you have to publicize someone's information for whatever reason, they have to give consent. Because even if, let's say, for for example, hypothetically speaking, we say the register is, is public and you go and apply, to see whether or not the boyfriend or the girlfriend that you have does not have, you know, the history Mm. of abusing children whatsoever. 
you will still need consent from them in a sense that you need to acquire their fingerprint to go and approach. For example, if it is at the South African police service, you want to get someone's criminal record. You cannot go there and say, I want to know if Ndombi is there. Ndombi has to give you permission to view her details whether or not they are there. Ndombi, can we just track back a bit? Okay. Because here we are talking about people who have already been convicted. Yes. The the only issue I understand is that the dignity and privacy that you'd want to protect is of vulnerable people, children. So that's why you'd have their cases in camera and so on. Mm. But, but these mm. are convicted people. Uh, yes. Any other person who has been convicted in an open court, we actually get to know their identity. So the idea that when you are convicted that ought not to be publicly known might not necessarily hold. It then seems these people who have committed seriously heinous crimes against the most vulnerable in society are being protected mm. uh, simply not because really. they are... No, not no, I'm really. saying the perception is that they are being protected okay. simply because their trials may not have been held in open court, but the offenses mm-hmm. that they've committed have now been established and that there is, you know, a conviction that has followed. Then the question becomes... Why don't they get to be in an open record? Because they have already been deemed. You can still hide uh, how they got to be in that record in terms of who they had, you know, violated and all of that. But all other cases of sexual offenses that happen are, are, are on, are, you know, where adults are victims of those sexual yeah. offenses, we actually mm. do get to know because they get convicted in an open court. Yes, but but let me give you a flip side of the coin. Let's take, for example, that particular offender has got children. And those children are going to school with my children. And they find out that actually, in actual fact, your father has actually been convicted of committing a sexual offense. Is that not going to open, you know, other children who are minors to this particular offender to abuse, bully, and stuff like that? Because which is what I'm saying in an attempt to try to cover up or to try to address one other situation, we need not be in violation of you know, the existing laws that are protecting the privacy of, of those people. So the privacy is not only for the offender, but we're taking into account the interest of children that that offender might have. Because even if it is in a public court, when that person is tried, for the fact that the court will then be trying to look into the best interests of a child by protecting those children. They will not reveal what that particular adult person is. And one other thing, when we look into the kind or the type of democracy that we have as a country, it is still not that much, that much matured, which is why we have said, you know, in, in trying to do, to do this, what is it that we're trying to address? Okay. Let is me ju- our democracy fit enough that when people know that that person actually exists in the register, what is going to happen? Which is why we're saying it may feel, you know, vigilantism, it may feel mob justice, because we don't have the type of democracy that is matured enough for people to understand that even if I know that so-and-so is a sex offender, they are still human. They are still entitled to have 
their rights, security and freedom protected from abuse, from attack and all those kind of things. Tommy, just hold, just hold the line for me. I've got Basil in Boxberg. Good morning. Morning, how are you? Lukon? Very well, how are you? I'm great. The very same question that uh, the doctor asked, um, if you want to date someone and you have to go to a, a sex register, mm. uh, it, 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 it signals that we're living in a sick society, but I'm not there. Mm. The uh, what Ndombe is saying does not make sense to me. Is it what she's saying uh, informed by research, or is it a thumbsack from their office to say these are the reasons? Because I think they should be doing a research to be able to know or understand what is it that they, if 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 they advance those particular reasons to say. Like, for instance, she's saying if my child goes with uh, another child whose father maybe is a sex offender, mm. uh, is it informed by research or is it something that they just uh deciding or they thinking it might happen? For me, let us not de- uh, protect the, the sex offenders at all. Yeah. We must make this document a, a public document because it makes more sense for us to be able to to be able to know who are we dealing with okay Bezo. like the previous caller as my parting shot has said the financial and other services we are able to be able to 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 access those documents okay Basil, i hear you very well dr pretorius i mean you've listening to Ndombi. are you convinced by some of the uh, remarks that she's making and i've got a tweet here from ngobeni saying luyanda botha who murdered Winene was a registered sex offender, but it was not known until he re-offended. So um, we really have a problem in our society. Are you convinced by what Ndombi is saying? Um, you know what? There are always two sides of the story, I guess, and two sides of an argument. And I, and I heard what she was saying, but, and the question will always be here. Do we protect the public or do we protect the offender? And it sounds to me like we have to choose one of the two because we can't protect both at the same time, it sounds to me. And so... Um, it just feels at the moment as if the offenders, you know, their rights weigh heavier than that of the victims and that of the public and that of children. And so for us, as actually society, at least, we want to be a voice for the voiceless. And therefore, we want, we really feel like the victim's rights, you know, the, victims, the victim also had a right to, also had many rights under the Bill of Law. But those rights were trampled upon when she, she or he was offended again. So that child also had rights. And the offender in that case didn't care too much for those rights. So it just doesn't make sense now. You know, if you're going to offend, you know the consequences. You know you're going to end up in jail. And we just feel like maybe it should be part of the sentence, to, you know, of their sentence to say, you know what, if you're going to be found guilty, this will be part of the sentence, uh, of the sentence. You will, your name will be on a register. Unfortunately, that's just the consequence of uh, consequence. And yes, I do feel for the offender's children. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I do agree. It's terrible and it's unfortunate, but it doesn't mean that the that the the, the victims' rights now um, somehow is less important. Ndombi, I mean, right on that point, on a parting shot, uh, childrens of people who are murderers, corrupt, convicted, also face uh, forms of you know being taunted in society. Uh, is this something that you are willing to give us a chance as a public to make submissions on uh, to your office before uh, you you know carry on with the resistance mm. to publish this list? Yes, of course. Uh, there's a process <clears throat> that is uh, underway, which is why we're saying that in, in, in cabbing or in balancing the rights 
of every person now, irrespective of whether or not that person is that person offender. We <clears throat> were actually trying to expand now the scope of people who would actually uh, be able to apply. Uh, expanding it from that five categories that I've mentioned earlier to say everybody else can apply to okay. see who that, whoever they want to check whether or not they are appearing in the National Register for Sex Offenders. Dombi, I who think we do, need a, we do need a follow-up. I'm out of time, unfortunately, yes. but we do oh, need a follow-up yes. to deal with this process of expanding yes. those categories because this is a very important yes. topic. Dr. Pretorius and Dombi Machila, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Okay. Thank, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. That brings to an end uh, our, you know, uh, talk on calls to make public the National Register for Sexual Offenders. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.